Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Another good morning. Buenos dias. How's everybody doing out there? Greetings to uh, anyone listening to this podcast. Uh, As usual, if you want to follow along with the message today, you can do so through the Bible app. Just find us uh, through the Bible app, Encounter Church, or always. Also, you can grab uh, a printed outline there in the back if you prefer that. Um, You know, we're almost halfway through the year. Can you believe that? It's like, (sighs) but it's been good, right? As we continue our theme this morning, our 2022 theme, Every Word, somebody tell me what Matthew 4.4 says. Wow, that was really good. How about we do that all together in unison? Ready? Let's go. People do not live by bread alone, but by... Every word that comes from the mouth of God. Y en español, Mateo 4.4, la gente no vive solo de pan, sino de cada palabra que sale de la boca de Dios. And our commitment this year is that we are going to read every word of God together in 2022. ¿Qué vamos a hacer? Muy bien. Very good. Those of you that are going to be on our Mexico mission trip coming up, can you believe it's less than a month away? Oh, we're going to be, you're going to need to keep brushing up on those Spanish skills. All right. So at least you're going to know one verse. That's, that's for sure. (laughs) Speaking of reading every word, you know, we've been reading through our one year Bible altogether. And uh, the passage that we're going to read today you're going to actually read it this week. I believe it's coming up on Friday, okay? So um, uh, what we're going to learn today is going to give you some perspective about what you're going to read this week. Who's ready for it? Come on, who's ready to get to know the Holy Spirit a little bit more today? And as usual, as always, I want to really encourage you to uh, be faithful, to be connected and committed in your discipleship group. That's where, uh, you know, we, we take the word that we're learning together and we walk it out together. You learn more of, w- of what the word means and how to live it out. So I encourage you, uh, be faithful to your discipleship group. And if you say, I don't have a discipleship group, well, there is one for you. So just talk to us after service. Talk to somebody out there at the information station or at the orange table or come to the meet and greet. We'll tell you all about discipleship groups today if you're not in one. So encourage you with that. But you know, if you've been with us for the month of May, we've been learning about getting to know the Holy Spirit. And um, he's wonderful. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And uh, we've been talking about knowing the Holy Spirit. This is our fourth week. So this is knowing the Holy Spirit part four. And if you've been with us, if you were with us a few weeks ago, on the first week of it, we talked about the Holy Spirit's heavenly name, right? The, the, the sevenfold Spirit of God that we see in the book of Revelation, that we see symbolized in the Old Testament in the tabernacle with the lampstand, right? And then Isaiah gives us the description of his name. He's the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Very good. All right. And then we learned uh, that Jesus kind of gave the Holy Spirit a nickname. 
He is our paraclete, right? Our paraclete. And paraclete means someone who comes alongside, right? And we've been learning that that Jesus taught us that the Holy Spirit is alongside us now. And he's with us. And come on, somebody. He's so with us that now he's where? in us right and we learned about him as the spirit of adoption and the spirit of truth how he leads us into the truth and how he's our helper in so many ways and then last week last Sunday we learned how the Holy Spirit comes upon us to impart our purpose very good and we call when the Holy Spirit comes upon us we call that the anointing right the anointing Okay, so if you've ever wondered what the word anointing means, well, for us, it means how the Holy Spirit not only is with us and in us, but he also comes upon us, right, with his power so that we can fulfill our purpose. purpose. Come on, tap somebody and say, you got a purpose. But I'm not going to preach about purpose today because we did that last Sunday. So if you haven't been with us And you want to learn more about these things, just go back and listen to our podcast all about getting to know the Holy Spirit. Because today, I want to talk to you and teach you and show you from the Word of God about the activity of the Holy Spirit on the human heart. We got any human hearts in here? I don't know what other kind of heart we might have, but we have some. Come on, somebody. Who has a heart? And whose heart needs God? My heart desperately needs God. Today we're going to learn about the activity of the Holy Spirit in our heart. And as we get started, I just have a question. Has anyone ever been to court? That was a lot of nervous laughter. Rather, major or just minor, has anyone ever been to court? Okay, anybody ever been on jury duty? No. <laughs> I've had the great fortune to have never been on jury duty. (laughs) I was going to knock on wood, but that's kind of pagan. All right, no. All right. (laughs) Never been on jury duty. Hope I never have to. All right. I'm just kidding. If you knock on wood, it's fine. All right. Um, What was it like to go to court? (laughs) Rather, you were the one on trial or you were a witness or you were the one one just simply there uh, taking it all in, right? What was it like to go to court? What was the verdict? (laughs) So I was thinking about this, you know, this week, and Liz may or may not remember this. We were kind of recently married and living in uh, a little town called Mesilla, New Mexico. Anybody ever heard of Mesilla? Okay, Caleb's heard of Mesilla, all right. Mesilla, New Mexico. It's a tiny little town uh, as a part of the Las Cruces area, and that's where we lived. And uh, out west, if you've ever traveled out west, they don't have sheriffs. They have marshals, okay? And so I don't know why that just sounds more intimidating than sheriff, but it feels like it, okay? So out west, instead of a sheriff, they have the marshal, okay? And so I was, you know, driving on the, I believe I was going to my house, and I was in a, I believe it was a 30-mile-an-hour zone, and I was going about 45, okay? I guess I was ready to get home, probably to eat some frijoles, or (laughs) we used to eat a lot of frijoles when we were younger. Now we are much more diverse, but... (laughs) 
don't know why I was on a, in a hurry to get home. Probably just because I'm hyper and I'm always in a hurry. But, but the Messiah Marshal was uh, sort of hiding. <gasps> and all of a sudden, he came up behind me and I pulled over and, you know, as, as usual. And let me tell you, he was not very polite. I've had some, some encounters with police officers that are very polite. This guy was the opposite of that. You could tell he was not having a good day or something, but he was not very nice. And, um, you know, I was speeding. I was. I was going 10 or 15 over. I was speeding, so he gave me a ticket. And so I, I had heard, because I had never really encountered this before, but I had heard if you go to court, most of the time they won't show up, right? Most of the time the officer will not show up. And if you go and the officer doesn't show up, a lot of times the judge will just toss, you know, toss it out and, and sort of pardon you. Well, I decided, you know, I had, I had had a few speeding tickets before and I just paid them. But this time I'm like, you know what? That guy was not nice. I'm going to go and not pay. <laughs> I'm not going to pay for it this time. I'm going to go, and he's not going to show up, and I'm going to just give my best case to the judge, and he's going to throw it out, or he's just going to dismiss it or whatever. Well, guess what? Wrong. <laughs> the marshal was there before I was. He was waiting, and he was ready. And honestly, I'll just tell you guys, when, he, when I saw him there, I didn't even present my case. I just said, look, I'll pay the fine. All right. I knew I was guilty, okay? I knew, I knew it. I didn't even have to go before the judge and be convicted. Come on, somebody say convicted. I knew I was wrong. All he had to say was he was going 45 and a 30. It was true. I was convicted. I was guilty, all right? Am I the only one who's ever went through something like that? Okay, Kwame said he has. Okay. <sighs> Today I want to talk to you about conviction. Come on, say Conviction. And as I said, you're going to read this, I think, on Friday, but this is out of John chapter 16. And this is Jesus, okay? This is Jesus uh, describing something that we've already been learning about the whole month, talking about when the Holy Spirit comes, right? And, um, but we're going to look at what he does in the hearts of people today. So I want us to go to John 16, and we're going to read verses 5 through 11, and... Uh, I'm going to sit down for a second. Is that okay? Are we there? If you uh, want to look it up in your own Bible, but we thank God for a wonderful media team that has it right up here on the screen for us so you can follow along. Hey, that was, a, that was we could give the media team a hand. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, he had just kind of burst their bubble. You ever had your bubble burst? You know, they thought, yeah, the king, and he's going to deliver Israel, and we're going to be, you know, servants of the king. And Jesus is like, I'm going to the cross. <laughs> I'm going to die. And you don't understand yet, right? Come on, somebody say, <laughs> No. Okay. The 12 disciples had just had their bubble.
And they were pretty upset about it. Imagine, anybody ever been there, what you thought? That's not it. What you were expecting? And God's like, "Mm, no. And Jesus told him, look, now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. (laughs) Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. They were upset that Jesus was going to, listen, leave them. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate or the paraclete we've been learning about, the one who comes alongside us, right? Your helper won't come. If, okay, so Jesus was telling them, if I don't go, he won't come. Okay? Why? We, we understand this, right? If, if, if we continue reading the, the message of the gospel and, and we learn that Jesus had to go to the cross and die for our sins to remove the barrier from our heart so that the Spirit of God could come into our heart. But as long as Jesus was on earth and did not yet go to the cross, only Jesus had the Spirit of God. Okay? So he understood. He knew he was going to go to the cross. He knew that when he went to the cross, he was going to pay the penalty for their sins so that sin could be removed and their spirit, their heart, their life could be back open and that God could send his spirit into them. But they didn't know that. They had no idea what we know now. Now we know we have the Holy Spirit with us and in us, but that's because of the cross. And see, Jesus hadn't yet gone to the cross, but he's telling them, he's, he's letting them know, I'm going to go to the cross and you're sad about it, but you don't understand. It's going to be better. Because when I go to the cross and sin gets removed, I'm going to go back to the Father and then I'm going to send the very same spirit that's been in me all this time. I'm going to put him in you. That's a synopsis of the past three weeks, okay? That's what we've been learning. But he said, if I don't go, he won't come. Let's keep reading. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. Ready? And when he comes, he will. Come on, let's do that again. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Let's go back one slide and read that again. When he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And that's some very good news. You'll see that in a minute. I just want us to understand something this morning. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not the judge. He's the prosecutor. I'll let that land. The Holy Spirit 
is not the judge. But he is the prosecutor. The Holy Spirit points out the crime. But not to judge. Why? You ready? This is a really big truth that we're going to see today. This is one of the central truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ready? Come on, say the Holy Spirit is not the judge. He is the prosecutor. See, the Holy Spirit points out the crime, but not to judge. Why? Because judgment has already been passed. Judgment has already been passed. Judgment on sin or the judgment of sin has already been passed. And Jesus said it clearly. The ruler of this world. Who's he referring to? Satanás. Come on somebody say Satanás. Satan has already been judged. And the sentence was put on Jesus. Sin and Satan have already been judged. Okay? Sin has been judged because the the Bible tells us about Jesus that he is the one who knew no sin. Perfectly sinless, completely righteous, the unique one, the only one who's ever seen God because he himself is God. The eternal word of God, the eternal expression of God, who's bigger and greater than time and space. The father of creation who, to come and rescue us, entered into time and space, took on skin to be judged for sin. Come on, somebody say, he took on skin to be judged for my sin. And see, the judgment against the devil was predetermined, right? Because he will never repent. You with me? God knows Satan will never repent. He's been judged already. But God offers us salvation from sin. And so in order for us to be saved, judgment had to be passed. And someone had to carry out the sentence, the death sentence actually. Right? The sentence was put on Jesus. So listen and understand today. There is a very important difference between conviction and condemnation. They're very different things. Often we think they're the same thing or what we're feeling is one or the other. But there is a very, very important difference between God's conviction on our heart and condemnation. Let's, 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 let's dig into that a little bit. The Holy Spirit 
the prosecutor, right, convicts us to make us aware, say aware, of our guilt and the consequences of our sin. It's not because there are no consequences. It's not because we're not guilty. In fact, the Holy Spirit makes us aware that we are guilty. Come on, what does a prosecuting attorney do? You, right? The laundry list. Anybody got a laundry list? The Holy Spirit makes us aware of our guilt, but it's so we can. Anybody know the next word? So we can repent. He makes us aware so we can repent. He makes us aware that we're going in the wrong direction so we can change direction. Come on, somebody. This is going to be good today. Some of us really, really need an understanding of this because we're living under condemnation rather than conviction. And let me tell you something. The devil will condemn you and condemn you and condemn you. And if you never experience and respond to true conviction, you'll feel condemned until you're condemned in hell because that's the way it works. We'll see here in a minute that condemnation doesn't bring repentance, but conviction does. Okay? Conviction, the conviction of God is the spirit of God making our heart aware of our sin. You ever did something and you weren't aware, but all of a sudden you were aware. That was not good. That does not please God. That was wrong, right? Conviction. Come on, say conviction. This is so powerful. Ready? He makes us aware so we can repent and receive the pardon already provided by Jesus because the judgment has already been passed and the sentence was already placed on him. He convicts us so we can repent, so we can enter into pardon. And not stay under God's judgment. Because look, God's judgment is against sin. It's not that God just decided to forget that he's just and righteous and holy. It's just that we were under his angry judgment, the Bible says. He says there's angry, ju- there's angry judgment, okay? God is angry at sin. It's not that he's angry at us. He's angry at sin. And he fulfilled his, his, his angry judgment against sin and against Satan by putting the sentence of judgment, the punishment for sin upon Jesus. But Jesus received our punishment so we could receive his pardon. And the Holy Spirit makes us aware of this. In fact, without the Holy Spirit, the human heart is unable to become aware of this. Come on, let me say that again. I said it before. In one of these previous messages, but to become a Christian is not a natural thing. It is a supernatural thing. You can't just decide up here to repent. You can't just decide up here in your mind, oh, I believe the gospel. No, it takes the spirit of God to convict our heart, to make us aware of our real condition, 
so that we can turn away from sin and turn back to God and be pardoned. Only the Holy Spirit can do this. Listen, this, this, this is going to help somebody. The goal of condemnation is punishment. The goal of conviction is pardon. The goal of condemnation is to sentence us, to lock us up, right? Come on, I want you to get out your condemnation finger. You ready? Stand before the judge, granted the perfect righteous judge, with your list of accusations. Anybody got a list? We already admitted, right? Tali, I want you to stand right here. Back up, back up. Right there, right there. You lying, thieving, rebellious, wicked, I'm going to skip that one. Yvonne, come here. Stay right there. You are guilty. Now stand in front of her. But the guilt's going to go on you instead. Talia, you can be free and go sit down. We have a mediator between God and us. And it's not Yvonne, it's Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yvonne. The goal of condemnation is to sentence us. It's to lock us up, but the goal of conviction is to deliver us, to set us free. And the Holy Spirit, listen, this is so important. The Holy Spirit will tell you all about your sin, but he will never tell you about it to condemn and to punish you. He'll tell you about it because he's trying to help you repent. And he wants you to know that the punishment was already put on Jesus. So you can repent. And you can be free. More, a little more clarity on that in just a minute. But I want us to read John 16 again. And this time we're actually going to read it in the Amplified. Same exact passage in the Amplified. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where you're going. But because I've said these things, sorrow has filled your hearts and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. We learned all about that in week two. 
right? He will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will what? Convict the world about the guilt of sin, the need and the need for a savior. And about righteousness and about judgment, about sin. This is very important, okay? Notice it does not say sins, but sin, okay? About sin and the true nature of it because they do not believe me and my message. About righteousness, personal integrity, and godly character because I'm going to my Father and you'll no longer see me. About judgment and the certainty of it. There is a certain judgment coming because, I, because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged and condemned. Let's break this down over the next couple of minutes. Ready? It says the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. And the Amplified, remember the Amplified gives the full translation of the words from the original language, in this case Greek, Okay? When he says he will convict us of sin, it's the, not only, it's not sins, plural, it's the nature of sin itself. Now listen, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit won't convict us of individual sins. He does me all the time. Come on, somebody. But the, the, the work of the Spirit is to show us our heart is turned away from God. Okay? The nature of sin it's not, we, we have to be careful that we don't reduce sin to sins, as in individual behaviors. It's not just a list of mere individual behaviors that separate us from God. The nature of sin and the reason we sin, the reason we do those individual behaviors is because of a sinful heart. A heart that's turned away from God and wanting our own way instead of God's ways. That's the nature of sin. We call it the sinful nature. And the Holy Spirit shows us the separation that there is between God and us because of sin. Are we? Okay? The nature of sin is unbelief. Ready? Jesus said... Instead of believing my message, they don't believe in me or my message. The nature of sin is a rejection of God. And it's when we believe our own message rather than his word. That's the nature of sin. From the very garden of Eden, what was the problem? The problem wasn't the apple or the pomegranate or whatever you think that fruit was. The nature of it was Eve said, I want my way instead of God's way. She believed her own message. She believed the serpent, right? She believed the devil and what he said rather than believing what God had said. That's sin. And that leads us into every type of sin. See, if we look at sin as just specific behaviors rather than a heart that's separated from God, 
then we'll only focus on the behaviors and never take care of the real problem. You know what that's called? Starts with an R. And the world is full of it. It's called religion. It's called religion. Religion is, I am going to get to God by focusing on doing what it takes to be good enough for him. And by now, maybe you found out it's impossible. See, the problem is we deal, sometimes we deal with sins and we don't deal with the nature of sin. And Jesus did not come to just pardon us from adultery or lying or stealing or being rebellious or being mean or being perverted or abusing our bodies. He didn't, he carried all of that, but the point is he carried all of it because it's all wrapped up in this thing, not called sins, but sin. Sin itself was what was judged. The Bible doesn't say that he who knew no sin became sins. He didn't, Jesus, when he went to the cross, did not become adultery and lying and robbing. Jesus became sin itself. The whole entirety of it and the nature of it was judged. The nature, uh, the human nature of a heart that wants my way instead of God's way, that was put on Jesus. The judgment for that, the punishment for that was put on Jesus when he went to the cross. And the Holy Spirit shows us, not just when we do something wrong, but the Holy Spirit shows us the condition of our soul. He convicts us of sin, and it's more than just that bad behavior. It's what that bad behavior does to your heart. And listen, and the separation that that brings between God and us. Are we together on this? The good news is it says the Holy Spirit will convict us of righteousness. Sin gets us out of relationship with God. But because Jesus was punished for our sin, because Jesus received the sentence, when we put our faith in him, we turn away from our sin and we turn our heart back to God. And guess what? We are restored to a right relationship with God. That's called righteousness. Righteousness isn't, be, isn't I'm, I'm a goody two-shoes that does everything right. Now, granted, we should do our everything to live right. Come on, somebody. If you really know him, you will live right. Okay? But that's not the point. The point is righteousness is more than just I do right things, just like sin is more than I do wrong things. Ready? Righteousness is a condition of the heart, just like sin is a condition of the heart. If my heart is turned away from God and I want my own way, I will sin. But if my heart has been cleansed and I have received forgiveness of my sins 
and my heart is back towards God in a right relationship with God, I will seek to live right. See, the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us with this. We call this, anybody ready? We call this grace. Grace is not something that we produce. Grace is a gift from God. Grace is this, that in God's goodness, he put our badness on Jesus, on himself. And now, because that's been removed, and we've turned our hearts to him in repentance, he's sent his spirit in our heart to now listen. He actually gives us the desire to live right. I wish I had the, the reference for you right now, but the word of God describes grace. I think it's in, in Galatians. It says that God himself is working in us to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You say, I thought I was, you know, I made a decision now that I love Jesus and I want to live right. No, you decided nothing. You only responded to the working of the spirit in your heart. Let me backtrack. You did decide, but it wasn't, it didn't come from you. It came from him because we do have to decide, by the way. You can't just be like, oh, Holy Ghost, just make me do everything right. No, no. He works in our hearts to give us the desire and we decide. The good news is when we decide, we get the power to do the right thing. The Holy Spirit helps us live righteous because he restores our right relationship with God. I love the fact that when I was lost and far from God, the Holy Spirit worked in my heart. And maybe you're far from God today. The reason you're here is because the Holy Spirit is working in your heart to draw you back to himself. Many of us really are, are going after, and we, we really want to help people find this salvation. We want to reach people with the gospel I have good news for you. The Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts. Even those who are the farthest away from God. Remember when you were? I remember when I was. And I thank God for his spirit moving on my heart to convict me of my sin, but also to show me that I could have a right relationship with God again through Jesus Christ. And finally... The Holy Spirit convicts us, makes us aware. Remember, he makes us aware of sin. He makes us aware of the available righteousness that it, there is in Christ. Come on, somebody say, righteousness, righteousness is available. And the Holy Spirit also convicts or makes us highly aware of coming judgment. There will be a judgment. And the Bible teaches us that every one of us will stand before Almighty God and have to give an account 
For our, we will literally have to give an account for every word we've spoken. I don't know about you, but that puts me in the hot seat. And the reality is that there is a penalty for sin. I know it's already on the screen, but maybe you know it from, uh, from, from reading the word or from hearing the gospel. But the Bible says that the punishment or the penalty or the payment or the wages for sin is what? Death. The penalty of sin is death. But the Bible talks about this thing called the second death, which is not just a physical death of the body. We're all going to go there someday, right? We're all going to die unless we're on the earth when Jesus returns, okay? Our body will die because sin entered the world and death entered the world because of sin. But if we reject the salvation offered to us by the Spirit of God, the penalty is eternal death. Not just separation from God in this life, but eternal separation from God. And Jesus himself, himself called that place what? Hell. The Holy Spirit doesn't just make us aware of sin. He makes us aware that we can be forgiven of our sin and that we can come back into right relationship with God. But the Holy Spirit also makes us aware that if we reject that salvation offered to us, we will remain under the judgment of God. Imagine, I want you guys to get back up here. Come back to your positions, please. Talia and Ivan. Imagine... All right, stand back in front of her. Imagine if Talia said, I don't want that. I reject you. Now push him out of the way. She didn't push you. <laughs> Just push him out of the way. Uh-uh, you got to do better than that. Just give him a big push. I don't want you. Well, guess what? The judgment never moved. Come on. When we put our faith in Jesus, the judgment is on Jesus. But if we reject him and his message, the judgment remains. Thank you guys again. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we will be judged with Satan. That this place that we read about, Jesus himself spoke about many times. And we see it in, in the book of Revelation, right? The eternal separation from God in a place called hell, the lake of fire, weeping, gnashing of teeth, eternal punishment for sin. That he reminds us that if we reject, this is important, if we reject the righteousness that's been offered... We remain under the judgment. Listen, this is important. It's not just that one day we'll be judged. We're under judgment already without Jesus. And when Jesus comes, he takes our judgment upon himself and we're free. But if we reject his sacrifice, if we reject him and his message, he says, right? If we reject the gospel...
And this is important. If we reject it forever or if we say we receive it, but then one day we decide no more, what happens? We remain under the judgment of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to remain under God's judgment. Who is thankful here that Jesus took our, our punishment? He already fulfilled this, the death sentence for us. Let me help you. I'm, I'm going to break it down one more time with a few different words. Are we ready? I think we might even have this on the screen. I can't remember, but this is, this is what, what happens. The Holy Spirit makes us aware of the problem so we can avoid the penalty. Right? That's conviction of sin. He makes us aware of the problem, sin, so we can avoid the penalty. The Holy Spirit, number two, points, he points us to the price already paid and the pardon provided. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, look at Jesus. Look, Jesus already did it for you. He points us to the price that Jesus paid and the pardon that is provided. And finally, he confirms the punishment awaiting us if we push him away. Wow. Judgment. Did you see that? Sin, righteousness, judgment. He makes us aware of the problem so we can avoid the penalty. Sin. He points us to the price already paid and the pardon provided. Righteousness through Jesus Christ. But he also confirms the punishment that's awaiting us if we push him away. Judgment. And you know, I know that this is... a very serious word today. But I want to encourage those of you who have it in your heart to win other people to Jesus. I want to encourage you, listen, we're just partners with the Holy Spirit. He does the convicting. We don't have to do the convicting part. Hallelujah. Because if you've ever tried to convince somebody of their sin and their need for Jesus, and if the Holy Spirit isn't really doing anything, or they're rejecting the Holy Spirit, you're wasting your breath, right? Actually, we never waste our breath sharing the gospel. But you, you, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Nothing can happen in a person's heart unless the Spirit of God is convicting them. But this is the encouraging thing. The Holy Spirit has come. Jesus has been crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, ascended back to the Father, and he sent the Spirit into the hearts of men and women. He sent his Spirit, the Bible says, he sent his Spirit to the seven corners of the earth. The Holy Spirit is moving all across the earth, convicting the world of sin because they don't believe, of righteousness that's available if they do believe. And of the judgment that they will be under if they refuse to believe. I don't know about you, but that just kind of takes the, the pressure off a little bit. I know that I 
am the one that plants the seeds of the word of God, but he's the one who actually waters it and makes it grow. So listen, witness away. Share the gospel freely. Just remember, it's a free gift. It's just an invitation into righteousness. It's an invitation back into a relationship, a right relationship with God. And trust that as you share the gospel, the Spirit of God is going to work and convict hearts. In fact, expect it. Be on the lookout for it. Sometimes I've noticed people under conviction. Sometimes you can tell it. You don't have to read their mail. mail. They'll read it for you. That's happened to me more than once. Where you know someone is under conviction. And they know who you are. (laughs) And you just share the good news. Sometimes people don't have the slightest clue. And the the thing they need is just one seed of the gospel. For the Holy Spirit to move on their heart. Come on, say with me, what a privilege to be a partner with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is always working in hearts, always, always, always. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring this to a close, so if we could just kind of avoid getting up and down, going in and out for the next few minutes. I'm gonna bring this to a close now. Romans chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, is basically John 16 all over again. (laughs) Just put in different words. I just want to encourage you today as I read this. Listen, don't resist the Holy Spirit. He's always convicting hearts. And it's not to condemn us or to punish us. It's to set us free. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? There's conviction right there. there. It's God's kindness that he convicts us. He convicts us because he loves us. And his conviction is intended to turn us from our sin so that we can receive his righteousness, right? But, but because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you're storing up terrible punishment for yourself. God doesn't want you to remain under his judgment. For a day of, but a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they've done. He'll give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. He convicts us of our sin so that we don't remain under his judgment. 
Let me just give you one more. Second Corinthians 7.10. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience. Come on, we call that conviction. The kind of sorrow God wants us to experience. What do we call that? Conviction. Leads us away from sin. And results in salvation or righteousness, right? There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death or judgment. Look, if you're born again, don't check out. This is important. If you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, what you feel in your heart right now happening, that conviction is because he loves you and he wants to turn you away from sin. He wants to save you. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a right relationship with God restored, okay? But when we, listen, when we just feel guilty for our sin, but we don't turn away, it, it doesn't, like it says here, doesn't result in repentance, doesn't end well. It's God's kindness. He loves us. He wants us. He paid for us. <laughs> Don't remain under punishment. Receive pardon. I feel this stronger than most Sundays, that there are some people here right now, the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and maybe you've never become a Christian, or maybe you thought you were a Christian. Maybe you thought you were, but today you realize, your, your heart is just convicted that you need to turn away from sin and truly turn your heart over to God and put your faith in Jesus. Right now, if that's you, would you just wave at me real quick? If everyone, just, just close your eyes for a moment. If that's you, just I want you to say, that's me. Okay, who else says that's me? Uh-huh. You need to repent of your sin today and turn your heart. The Holy Spirit is moving on your heart because he wants to help you. If you raise your hand, you can put it down. That's okay. Anyone else say, that's me? Mm. This is another one. There are some here that you have, you have received Jesus as your Lord. You have turned away from sin, but you have been resisting the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And there are areas of sin in your life that you have been tolerating. And it's not because the Spirit hasn't been convicting you. It's because you've been pushing him away. And I want to warn you today, if you push him away long enough, you'll completely push yourself away from a relationship with God.
And right now is a moment to really just allow him to deal with you and for us to respond. And actually, what I feel like we need to do is I'm just going to open the altar right now. There are some of you that already ought to be here. Rather, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you raised your hand. Maybe you didn't. That's not even the point. The point is get your heart right with God today. Let Jesus wash you. When I just ask you to come, listen, if you need to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, why don't you just come? Maybe come and get on your knees. Some of you really, really, truly need to surrender your heart for the first time. There are some that need to rededicate your heart to the Lord. There are others that you you really do love the Lord, but you need to be honest today. You've been resisting the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and he is reminding you. He's making you aware today of that sin. He's making you aware today that you can be forgiven. That, that, that you can be set free. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God, I pray move in this place. Move in our hearts. I pray for those who have hardened their hearts and resisted your voice. Holy Spirit, soften our hearts today. I pray for those who've been resisting and rejecting, pushing away the conviction of the Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you convict us to set us free. And that's, I just, that's just what I hear the Holy Spirit saying today. I offer freedom. I offer freedom through repentance. There is freedom through repentance. you must respond. The Spirit of God is, is, is doing business with our hearts today. Some of you, listen, there are some of us in here. 
that the Holy Spirit has been wanting to take you deeper in conviction. And he's been showing you areas of your life where maybe it's not outright sin. Listen, maybe it's not outright sin, not blatant, not scandalous, but it has to do with what you're allowing your eyes to see, your ears to hear, your mouth to speak, what you're putting in your body. Uh, I feel like the Spirit's saying that there are, there are a couple that there's, there's a relationship, you know, a relationship. Um, maybe it's a romantic relationship or something, but the Holy Spirit's been putting his finger on that. He's been speaking to you. He's been moving on your heart. He's, he's been showing you, and um, he's saying, I'm showing you that because I want to I free you. I want to free you from the consequences those things could bring. And in his kindness, in his kindness, he's not condemning you. He's not pointing his finger at you to judge you. He's pointing it out so that he can set you free, but you've got to respond to him. And as the, as the Sound and Media team prepares this song, I just really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in our hearts today. So as this song plays, either right there in your chair, or if you would like, come to the altar, but let's just respond to the holy conviction of the Spirit of God. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.